This is the Two Guys Being Dudes podcast with your host, Jared Camden and Jason Adams. Two average guys just being dudes. From MMA to golf, from Big Brother to Fargo, from Fireball to Pappy, they talk it all. Guys being dudes. Welcome to episode nine of Two Guys Being Dudes. Jason, do you hear that shot clock? The just ringing behind you. It's getting low. Episode ten is one episode away. Yeah the uh, the pressure has come. Uh, the fact that we made it through the nine episodes that uh, we were hoping to have done before episode ten is quite a shock to me that we made it this easy. But I don't know if there will be an episode eleven after what's about to take place in Vegas. I'm in like total, how can I get out of this already mode? Like I'm already like thinking of escape valves. I'm like, there's just so many things going through my mind of this is just not going to go good for me. So if I, if I understand correctly, we're going to arrive Friday in Las Vegas. We've got lots of different activities planned and our goal is to record the podcast while we attempt to do the dip in the desert on Sunday. So we'll already Sunday morning. The, right. So we'll been through the fight and all the ramifications that come with that. Uh, we'll probably either be broke or extremely wealthy at that point. Uh, and then we're going to then determine that the best way to shake that all off is to turn the mics on, grab a can. Do we know what the can's going to be yet? Uh, actually a young Tony Kinkle, told me which one we should use but let me see if i have it here so i think he phone. wanted to do copenhagen long cut see this is the thing no this one had like mint on it or something like that okay. uh, that's the thing we just haven't even planned this out right at all that's well, we <laughs> got a week like, we're pretty much like we're just gonna go down in flames like there's no way around it so we're gonna attempt to do the dip of the desert while we record a podcast while we're sipping on i've been wrapping some really nice bottles of bourbon i got a nice bottle of elmer t lee set up for us that i'll be bringing with us so we're going to do this in style. He's uh, saying Copenhagen, Copenhagen Winter Green. Yeah, Copenhagen Winter Green Long Cut. That's all right. I'm familiar with that brand. It's been many, many years. Not my favorite, but if uh, I, I think we should go with Kodiak, but you might find that might be a little, little too easy since that's the area I was a little familiar with in the past. I don't think I'm going to win. Like, I don't think I have any chance in this competition anymore. Like, I am completely on the other side now. I'm flat earth on this conversation. Like, you can't tell me I'm going to survive. My goal is to be as confident, totally... as confident as possible just so you tap out quickly so then I can jump out 30 seconds after you're done. That's my whole goal. My goal is not to swallow any. Like, that's just how I'm going at it. That's pretty much it. Okay, well, I think as long as we keep the bar set that high, we should have a successful podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But the next time everybody hears our voices, we're going to know who won the fight. How crazy is that? Like, this fight is happening this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I've got uh, a few things lined up. I think we talked about this a little before. We've got some uh, special guests that are going to be coming on and doing their picks prior to the fight. So we'll have those recorded so we can absolutely sit through and listen to those picks and then make fun of them of how bad they were in that area. Yeah. So that should be yeah. fun. But you're right. I mean, exactly. The fight that no one ever thought would happen or should happen is actually happening. Uh, and boy, has Vegas taken to the odds. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, this is the same exact pitfall 
of the Nick Diaz fight. Yeah. To me, it just, but it's going the other way on Connor here. Like, I don't, once again, I will have a ticket that has Connor McGregor's name on it because I will always have a Connor McGregor ticket. I don't know how much money I'm betting on Connor McGregor, though, in this fight. No, no. I think I just, I just want the ticket. You know what I find? I keep finding interesting. And I know we got a lot of stuff to cover today, but I keep watching all these interviews UFC's posting up with fighters, MMA fighters that are all talking about Connor, and they're all saying, "Well, he's got that puncher's chance, and you got to be cautious." But none of them are are saying, "Oh, Connor's going to win for sure." There's a few, but most of them are like, "Oh, he's got a puncher's chance." But then, if you listen to any boxer, every single boxer that is interviewed basically laughs at the proposition, right? Just can't even think about it. I think uh, I was listening earlier and somebody was saying that in a bout with Floyd Mayweather Sr. versus Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather Sr., who's 65 years old, might be slightly favored in a boxing match against Conor McGregor. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I hope that we can uh, find the right place and right area to get the fight on and watch it. Uh, but I sure am excited for this trip. Oh, it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. Four, four, guy, four guys being dudes on this trip, by the way. We've got Kyle coming with us, and we've got Mike Mim. Going to be out in Vegas. I mean, we, I mean, we're a fearsome four. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no, no. And it's. Uh, I think we can all say that as long as nobody dies, it will be a successful trip. No promises, Jason. No promises. I knew I'd get that from you. All but right. to, but this week's show, though, we're going a different direction with this one, guys. Um, today is the Two Guys Being Dudes Guide to OSU Football for the 2017 season. Wow. Uh, national national title. All right. Let's talk more about episode <laughs> 10. <Let's... laughs> yeah, there's a lot to get into here at the Buckeyes. I mean, I think uh, with the losses that we've seen, uh, it, we all know that Buckeye football really revolves around the players. We're fortunate enough to have one of the better coaches in the world at the helm of this ship. But we have to focus on players. And I think last week we talked about this, and I think it's perfect time to try to transition into this. Our favorite segment is our draft, our top five draft. And usually when we do this draft, I sometimes struggle to get a, a big enough list to cover what I actually think is the best and also to protect myself from the picks that Jared might take. I but, still can't believe you didn't know the hole in two thing last week, by the way. I'm telling you. Uh, it, see, I don't ever watch it. I, I did get some feedback back from people I really appreciate who told me that uh, Drew Carey is awful and Bob Barker is the only way to go. So uh, the world has spoken and you are absolutely correct on that. So I apologize to any of those Bob Barker fans I may have offended with my selections earlier. But All right. this week, top five favorite Buckeye football players. And I think we'll throw a Let's, caveat in here, at least yes, for me. And yes. I think you and I agreed on this for me. It's top five favorite Buckeye players that I've seen play since I've been around watching Buckeye football. I really didn't start watching Buckeye football until about 84, 85 when I moved to Ohio. So I don't have the, the 50, 40 years, but I've got 30 solid years of picks and you probably have about 30 years of picks would be my guess too, Jared. 
I want. I think I'm gonna after the show. I'm gonna memorize all of Hopalong Cassidy's stats. <laughs> so whenever someone does argue, I'll be like, "Well, you know, I, I really I'm a big Hopalong Cassidy guy," and then have all the stats loaded and ready to go. That's not a bad one, but yes, I, I I totally agree. I mean, I would love to talk about Jack Tatum, but I don't. I didn't see it, so we're just gonna go with uh, the guys we know. And by the way, Jason, I got Plinko of the first pick, so. All right. I bow over to you. You get the first pick in our favorite players of the Ohio State University all time. Mine's an easy first pick. Um, he was a Heisman winner. He played football at Ohio State when I was at Ohio State. He is probably the most incredible running back I have ever seen play football in college. And it is real hard not to love this guy. So Eddie George is by far my number one pick. He wasn't even on my list. <laughs> that's how uh, much, that's how well thought out my list was. You start talking about, I'm like, honestly, God, I was like, I'm looking at my list like, who the hell is he talking about? <laughs> how do you not have I Eddie George? Eddie George. <laughs> the greatest modern like, running back oh. in Ohio State history. Oh. Uh, right? I didn't put it. Oh. Heisman Award winner. Just that that incredible iconic photo of him running away from Notre Dame as we beat Notre Dame two years in a row there, and him running away from those golden helmets. Just still one of the greatest photos. Great pro career. Uh, just an all around good fellow. Met him a bunch of times. Hung out with him a few times. Really cool dude. Loved Eddie. Just the chant of Eddie in the stadium when he was carrying the ball was awesome. Just can't. It was just an overwhelming, amazing experience. So Eddie George, easily my number one pick. Well, now that I've added him to my list, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's really not nothing too much. The only thing I would say is uh, some of the food at his restaurant's not very good. That's the only negative. <laughs> That's it. Like I'm like other than that, and I mean the spicy the spicy sandwich is really good. Uh, Eddie George should have a statue at Ohio State. I've actually said that for a few years. But you forgot um, him I think on your looked, list. <laughs> hey, hey, this list has got a lot of good stuff working on it. I just forgot the main ingredient. Okay. Um, but I always thought what you were saying with that the iconic photo with the helmets chasing them. Right. I thought that would be a really, really cool statue yeah. of Eddie running away from the stadium. Right. And then like just like not like full men, but like helmets. Just get at bit, me, yeah. Ohio State. I can draw it for you. <laughs> all <laughs> but, right. So uh, yeah, got yeah, my the pick. Man. Let me uh, I gotta update the list. So I've got we're all on the same page here. So I've got mine. So I'm interested if you wasn't even on your list who your number one pick is. Uh, this is actually super easy for me. Uh, it was my senior year of high school. It was one of the funnest times of all time. No, sorry, my freshman year of college. One of my funnest guys of all time. You couldn't take your eye off of him. It looked like he was 4-3 out there. Uh, just a massive muscle. Maurice Claret. <laughs> for, I mean, we saw him for one year. He had 1,200 yards rushing, 18 touchdowns. First freshman to start at running back for like a gazillion years. Yeah. And he single-handedly went against Michigan when he came back in the game. That's a top five moment ever in that stadium in my, in my book. And number one Ohio State play of all time. Stripping the football. Krenzel, yeah, Krenzel throws an interception in the end zone against Miami. Sean Taylor, instead of kneeling, runs out on the 17-yard line. Claret caught up to him. Gets the ball out, recovers it. If that does not happen, we don't win that game. So, Maurice Claret for me. 
Yeah, that's a good pick. It's strange because I was just doing my research, making sure I got all my bases covered, like not forgetting Eddie George from my list. Uh, went through the whole thing, and I saw a couple of really interesting articles that had him and another player with asterisks by their name saying, you know, how impactful were they really and all that. But I think in this world, he's definitely on my list. Not as high as you have him, uh, but definitely on my list. I, it, just an incredible impression and in what he did during that 2002 championship season. Unbelievable. He was our Gronk. That yeah. was our Gronk. Yeah. yeah, It really was. And then when he started drinking vodka at the Broncos training camp. Oh, wait a minute. How about when he was driving through Columbus with Grey Goose, drinking Grey Goose, and had like a semi-automatic on his car? That was big-time news, man. But he's got it together now, man. He's got it together now. So, shots out for Yeah, absolutely. Turned around. Great story. That 30 for 30 on ESPN, Youngstown Boys. Actually pretty cool insight on him. So, all right. Good pick. So, my number two pick. I don't think this will surprise you much. Uh, Damn it. Very modern. Came out of nowhere. Never oh. played a regular season start. Then oh. went on to be the starting quarterback in the Big Ten Championship game. It absolutely obliterated Wisconsin. Then went on to handle the most terrifying team in football, Alabama, and destroyed them. And then to go on and win the national championship, Mr. 12-Gage, Mr. Cardell Jones is my number two pick. Wasn't on my list. <laughs> <laughs> What? I, I'm looking at my list like, oh my god! Like I just, you went 15 deep though. I only went six or seven. So, <laughs> oh my god, I'm just my team's. I've already lost this one. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm I'm not going to try to over justify this. But if you're an Ohio State fan, anybody in the recent memory can understand what an impact Cardell had on those games. Me personally, love the dude. Absolutely great guy, but. The impression that he made in that very small window was so impactful because that's what I remember out of the season. I remember him more than any member of that team and including the great running backs that were on that team, the great defense that was on that team. To me, he's the one that stood out. And then as we've gotten to know him afterwards, uh, just an incredible dude altogether. So my number two favorite Buckeye of all times, Cardell Jones. Cardell, if you want to come on the pod and discuss how I forgot your name, just let me know anytime, man. Um, my favorite moment maybe ever with you, Jason, when it comes to Ohio State, was 59 nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of a day. 59 nothing was w- one of the greatest sporting events of all time. We were, we were like, how do we leave at halftime? Bosa intercepted it and ran it in the end zone. You guys all missed it. Yeah. Because it was like, are we leaving? Like, there's, you couldn't drink in the stadium. We were throwing 50 mLs in the air like they were $1. Like, we were making it rain. That is one of the funnest atmospheres I in my entire life. And hats off, man. Wisconsin fans were just like, dude, you guys are blowing our doors off. Yeah. Like, there was no fighting about it. We were just unstoppable. Well, I, I can't believe you don't have either Eddie or Cardell on your list. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm now I'm super curious who your number two is. All right. Uh, this is just so easy for me. Once again, it goes right after that, in that next era. Uh, 3-0 and against Michigan, which I know kind of now everybody's undefeated against them. But uh, what Troy Smith did to Michigan for three straight years was just remarkable. Like, you never went into the game thinking we were going to lose. Like, Troy Smith was such a weapon. The only thing that happened with Troy Smith 
And somehow, before the Illinois game, he put on like 35 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. And it went all the way through to that Florida game. So yeah. that's the only thing I have bad on Troy Smith. Troy Smith was such a weapon and so much fun to watch. I think, Just so much fun to watch. And even now, I think people tend to forget he won the Heisman Trophy. He was the most dominant college football player. If it wasn't for that manhandling by Florida at the end of that season, uh, if we'd won the national champion that time, he would have been at levels unspeakable today. But I, I don't think, to me, he's a top five pick on my list, by the way. So yeah. I'm glad you remembered Troy. If you didn't have Troy, we were going to have to just stop this podcast and declare, I was <laughs> declare victory right away. <laughs> I'm so worried about who's not on my list right now. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I don't feel like I have to go after some of the guys at the very top of my yeah. list because I don't think I have to protect them. <laughs> you could be like, I mean, you could be like Johnny Unitas right now to be like, oh, shit. Like, I forgot all about Johnny Unitas. Well, uh, like, just to finish up like it's with Troy Smith, though, uh, came in not as a quarterback right. on when he was recruited. He came in as an athlete. Uh, who, who was the kid that came in? It started with a Z. And he, like, played in front Justin of Zim, Troy. Justin, yeah, Justin Zwick. Zwick, yeah. Troy Smith came along, took his job, right. I think halfway through the Texas game or something like that, right? Right. It, what Troy Smith made out of what he got, he, he used every single part of his body to win the games. Like, his mind was perfect. He's, just, he's the greatest quarterback. He's, you could say, overall, he's the greatest, greatest quarterback we ever had at our school. And he, was the, he went 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in those three games. Just all throwing. And he had the highest winning percentage ever for a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Yeah. An incredible athlete. And you're right. The 3-0 against Michigan. Unbelievable. Because we were coming off that cusp of not having a great success. And to go 3-0 was amazing. Love Troy. Great. Um, had a, an average career, I would guess, in the pros. He, I think he uh, was in a couple stops before he... Where it was he in Baltimore and dude, he got that he got that weird uh, disease in his lungs. Where it was like from bird poop, like almost no one gets it, and that's what happened. I swear to God, look it up. All righty, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and that was talking. That was talking flu with Jared. Health sciences that, brought to you by Jared. That, that bird crap. I'll look. I'll look it up for you. I promise you, I'm right. All right. Well, okay. So, man. I guess I'm going to go in this, and I hate only still being on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm going to because we're talking about favorite players, favorite Buckeyes to watch. This guy was probably the greatest, to me, player to watch uh, for a few years, then he got injured. Uh, and then he switched over to receiver and had a pretty decent career at receiver, made one of the most spectacular moves ever in college football. But I think t people tend to forget how dominating he was as a quarterback at Ohio State during some tough times and what Braxton Miller did for the Ohio State program is unbelievable. And if you look at the way that he handled the pressure of that position and how cool he was through that entire time, and if you look at the games at Michigan when he wore the fun zone shoes, when he had, I think in that game he had three passing touchdowns, two running touchdowns. If you look at the way that he uh, played, I believe it was the, 
was it the Wisconsin game where he threw the pass to the end zone at the very back after rolling out? It was just amazing. Middle, we were all at the tailgate. It was just crazy. It was just an amazing move. And then to see him miss a season because of an injury and then come back as a receiver. And when we were at the Virginia Tech, the greatest move ever made in the game when he did the 360 spin at Virginia Tech. Amazing. I love that guy. Loved watching him. Uh, has a solid pro career going on right now. But to me, when I just think Buckeye football, that guy to me is through and through Buckeye. On my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I had him I had him at number two. Okay. But I was like, I'm going to take Troy. I, I, I was like, I'm going to make a move here. I had Troy down at four and moved Troy up. because like, okay, I'm going to put Troy in now. Very um, interesting. I had Troy at four. Okay. So, <laughs> but here's the thing with Braxton. Uh, we saw that play live. Yeah. It put their fans' brains in a pretzel. The guy in front of us lost his mind after a while because we just kept doing 360s in our seat. Like, we were just, <laughs> we were just doing 360s. Like, it was one of the biggest. It was like an Allen Iverson crossover. Yeah. Everybody at the same time went, <gasps> like, when he did it. And it was just like, and when we went nuts, you finally saw how many Ohio State fans were in that stadium. Yeah. And it was domination by the Ohio State fans. So, and it was so um, funny also, about that play. If you remember, is we, like you said, we're at the stadium, right? So, of course, we're all suddenly going, he just did the spin move. He hit the Y, buddy. Hit the Y. You know, we were all doing that. And then when I went back and watched it, the replay of the game, and Herbie is saying that exact same thing yeah. we were all saying there. It kind of felt like, yep, we're all on the same page here. That was just amazing. And I want this to be researched by the Craig. Um, total yards... From scrimmage all time, Braxton's number one in Ohio State, right? And he's number six, number six rushing. Yeah, yeah. six rushing. Yeah, like that's just easily if he need, he need like five hundred more to be all time. So. Well, if you recall, Braxton, heck of an arm, but not the most accurate guy. An amazing feat. And when Urban first came in, it was very poor offensive line. Remember, we still had Bowman was coaching the offensive line the year previous to that, and we couldn't get anyone to do anything. We didn't have a lineman drafted in the, in the NFL draft for like four years in a row, and we're Ohio State. And then all of a sudden you come in and we start to build an offensive line, but it was really Braxton's feet that made that 12-0 and season. Yeah. yeah. And those fun, zo- uh, fun zone shoes, I'd love to see those sometime. You should, somebody, if anybody out there knows where they're at, let me know. Sounds good. All right, who's your yeah. number three pick? Uh, this is easy. Joey Bosa. Uh, Joey Bosa to me just looks like I'm, this game's over. I'm about ready to go chug four beers and just hang out with the boys. Bosa didn't need much spotlight. Um, number three all time at Ohio State in sacks and what he played for. So he had two years of eligibility left. Right. When he left. Uh, the P, uh, Penn State sack. Where he Push just <laughs> pulled the, it was like a grenade went off in the middle of the field. And it was like Bosa got him down. Like. He took out like it was just a remarkable play for a game where it was everything can always be sketchy up in Happy Valley. Um, the shrug, yeah. the shrug is an all-time move. I mean, if anybody does anything on defense at Ohio State forever, they can do the shrug. It's just it's our thing. I really like that. And uh, his last game ever, he got tossed with on the first play. First play of the game gets tossed. Yep. And I was like, I was so excited to be like Bosa's last game, man. Let's fucking go. He already got thrown out. Oh, okay. No problem. So for me, Joey Bosa as a, a pure talent, and we can already see what we're seeing in the NFL from him. I really, really enjoyed watching Joey Bosa. Interesting. Not on my list. 
And I wanted to go defense, by the way. I was thinking the same way you were. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I felt Once, like, and also also undefeated against uh, Michigan. So, yeah, and, and I mean, and we'll talk, I'm sure, a little bit about the Bosa line that's going through Ohio State right now, and uh, how fortunate we are that they made that commitment to the Buckeyes, and and what we'll see out of his uh, younger brother here, Nick, uh, in his uh, sophomore season. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but man, Bosa, awesome. You're right, that sack against Penn State. I don't even think he sacked the quarterback. He knocked the guy down who then knocked over the quarterback all in one moment. It was like Halloween day. It was awesome. There was police on the sideline like, should we arrest him for what he just did? Like, it didn't make sense what he did at all. Yeah, love that guy. Absolutely. Great call. All right, so I still can't get to the defensive side of the ball. I really want to, but I, I, I would feel like I'm disrespecting one of the greatest guys I used to root for, and it's in one of the most unheralded positions on the field, right? The slobs have brought some uh, real kind of notoriety to the offensive line, but before them, there was my man, Orlando Pace. Oh, yeah. And when I went to school, the the pancake. pancake. Oh, the pancake was amazing. When Orlando, they'd call running play, and you'd see him pulling and running out and just knocking a guy over, or better yet, when they would throw a screen pass, and you're wondering why that 350-pound man is sprinting down the sideline ahead of the running back, laying out uh, DBs. It was the greatest. I mean, I mean, you could see how his career ported over to the NFL. He's a Hall of Famer in the NFL, one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play. But I happened to be at the university when he was there, and the chance when he would pancake would go around were as big as anything that ever occurred for any running back or any receiver. And it was awesome because that's something you never see. And I just loved watching that. So Orlando Pace is my number four. I've got nothing to add. He's a, yeah, he's an offensive lineman. He did everything you said. I had him at number seven. He was amazing, but I don't have any Orlando Pace further information. So <laughs> I uh, would like to give my time to my pick. Is that okay? Yes, we can go to yours. No, no offense, Pace, but I mean, there's not you can't really add much to offensive linemen. So uh, I'm going back to the defensive side. Growing up, I thought he was the coolest coolest name of all time. His superhero name, which I really like. Um, defensive back, which I really like. Sean Springs. I. Stats aren't really going to back me up here. Nothing's going to go too crazy. But as a kid, I loved Sean Springs. Watching him hit, watching him—he just played so good in the secondary, and just his look too, man. He was probably the best-looking dude out there every single time. I just—I and that's important to me, man. I, I like that stuff. You got to look. You got to have oh, some yeah. extra. That's Braxton's thing. Braxton's yeah. got some—you know—he's got a little bit of flair going on. Sure. So uh, yeah, I'm a Sean Springs guy. You know, interesting story about Sean Springs. I love the guy, right? Uh, and it's a shame because part of the memory of Sean Springs is him getting beat against Michigan State for a touchdown, which ended that undefeated season, which it should have. I mean, that was a national championship team through yeah. and through, but it slipped and it sucked and all that. Um, but so I had finally gotten, you know, I collect these really – weird bottles of bourbon. So I have this great maker's mark bottle of bourbon and I finally was hanging out and Eddie George was there and I got Eddie to sign the bottle. It was awesome. I was so excited. It was such a rarity. And Sean was sitting next to him and Sean ripped the bottle out of Eddie's hands and signed right across the top of it as well. So I'm thinking, Oh my God, 
this guy just ruined my bottle of Maker's Mark. But it's still, I still had that bottle. It's still one of my favorite bottles today because I always tell that story because he was one cocky motherfucker. (laughs) Sean walked with the arrogance that he was a world champion. And when he played at the Redskins, he walked the same way. And I love Sean Springs on my list in my top 10. So it's a great pick. Uh, by the way, extra points given to Sean Springs for fucking up Jason's bottle. Shots out, man. <laughs> I'll put a photo up on the Facebook group where you can see Good. Eddie's classic signature on my maker's bottle and then Sean right up at the top of it. So, yeah, uh, that's how about that? Only only one guy in that bottle made my list. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And I'm uh, such a geek in college. There I am carrying a bottle of Maker's Mark to a party to hang out with the guy so I could get Eddie to sign it and then, you know, sitting on the couch, Sean takes it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, wow. You just didn't have Eddie on your list. I'm dumbfounded. Nah. All right. Wow. So now I'm so surprised that I got my top picks that I have a whole I will, list I will of not homes. be happy. There's, like, one guy that I'm, like, just don't – like, I'm just trying to, like, hide him out here. So – you know, it's weird. I, I'm, I'm very compelled right now to take a defensive player since I haven't taken one. Um, and I got it. That some, could be a problem. I got some good names. <laughs> that could be a problem for me. <laughs> I got some good names. There's one that throws a heck of a tailgate, uh, but I don't want to take that one because I think you might like him. Uh, and he was incredible. Uh, so I guess I'm going to go with, besides Joey Bosa, my favorite linebacker to play at Ohio State that I saw play was A.J. Hawk. Uh, loved watching him play. Loved his attitude. Uh, just his aggressiveness. It just was the all-around epitome of a great linebacker. Uh, crowd really got into him. I like the last name Hawk. <laughs> you know, It's funny because you go Hawk, and then the very next linebacker to follow him was Laronitis, whose dad was hawk so i mean yeah it's kind of an interesting story but yeah aj hawk i'm gonna go with in my five pick loved what he did loved watching him play uh remember chanting his name have a jersey an aj hawk jersey um and so if you remember i think we played notre dame that year and aj was dating quinn uh she married yeah quinn they got married uh, quinn's uh sister right is that who it was yeah 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 and he got married. So I remember sitting uh, in the stadium and in front of us was a family. I think it was the the Brady family. They had these half A.J. Hawk, half uh, Brady Quinn jerseys, you know, the cut in half. So it's Notre Dame one side and Ohio State on the other side. And I just thought to myself, man, I'd really like to punch them. But, you know, I got past that. So but A.J. Hawk was awesome. Loved watching him play. Uh, I'm going to add this on that subject. Uh-huh. Um, side note. Half jerseys, stop that. Please. Don't be making half jerseys. And don't have any Yankees uniform that says Mantle on the back. Right. That drives me nuts. Mickey Mantle never wore his name on the back of any uniform ever because the Yankees don't do that. So stop doing that, people. And I, can um, I just AJ tell you, Hawk, as you bring that up, I have to tell you, it was just at a Cubs game, and the people right in front of me had a half Cubs, half Toronto Blue Jays jersey. Just go home. Yeah. You're, you're embarrassing yourself. Like I, it, I hate people like that. Yeah, couldn't take it. So sorry yeah. about that. All right. Uh, yeah, so I, I really don't have much to add on AJ. You said everything you need to say. I mean, it was awesome. The hair is so clutch, too. He yeah. had that WWF wrestler look to it. Yeah. Um, not the best looking dude. No. So, yeah, that's and, about it. And it hurt when he was a Packer. <laughs> when he went to Green Bay, it really kind of irritated me because I hate Green Bay so much. So it seems like yeah. all my favorite football players go to pro teams that I really don't like. So. 
Uh, this one's easy for me. You know exactly who it was going to be. I knew. Uh, I was going to pick him just to piss you off. I decided not to. I actually went to college and had to call classes with this man. Um, in one of my most infamous moments ever, I finished an exam in 20 minutes. It took most people 45, and I got like an 89 on it. So I scared the bejeebus out of every single person in that room when I turned my test in that quick. And I was walking out. Doss was sitting there. He had a Super Bowl hat on with a Super Bowl sweatshirt. And I was like, Doss, congratulations on the Super Bowl win. I can't tell you enough seeing him come back to our university and win the national title the way they did in 2002. I got to roll with Mike Doss. He's, he's my all-time favorite. Throws a great tailgate. Overall, just amazing guy. Uh, I can't say enough about him. And I, on the field, there was no one. Oh, that dude was taking, taking nothing from anybody. So Mike Doss rounds up my team. I, I think it's a great pick. Love Mike. Cool dude. Absolutely uh, embedded image in my head is after winning the national championship is him pointing up to the sky, one finger. It was awesome. Um, and leisure suits, for some reason, always stick in my head when I think of DOS because I saw him in every brand leisure suit I could possibly imagine for the next few years after that. So uh, <laughs> if it was Puma, I mean, he was always sporting, looking awesome. So uh, great career, great pro career too. So good pick. So I'm going to run down these here real quick. Just make sure we're on the same page. We'll start with you. Jared had Maurice Claret, Troy Smith, Joey Bosa, Sean Springs, and Mike Doss. Great top five. Great top five. I had Eddie George, Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, Orlando Pace, and A.J. Hawk. I would say questionable first two. They did not make my list, but that's a pretty good list too, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny because I have some names on here that uh, I know you didn't go as deep, but there were a few that I really wanted to pick. Uh, Chris Gamble, the two-way guy, loved Chris Gamble. Thought he was amazing when he played. David Boston, throwing David the punch Boston. at Michigan. Yep. Love that. Uh, uh, the Besides that, I have Katzemoyer, who I really, really liked. I thought he was that the epitome of a linebacker at Ohio State. Uh, and then, of course, I had the receivers of Glenn and Galloway, who just were both amazing. I had te I had Teddy Ginn, too, for a little while, but then I took him out of my list because he wasn't going to make it to the top. And I'm sure you have him right near the top. There's nobody else on your list? I'm interested in this because there's a big name that's, not, that's on my list and that's not on your list. Okay. Shoot. I was shocked. Shoot. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I've got Zeke. Yeah. Okay. I have, okay. I have Zeke at the bottom of the list, you know, because I it was I knew that if I got Eddie, I wasn't going to put Zeke there. All right. So, and I didn't. Think only thing, only, only other people I had was Mike Jenkins, yeah. and he had he's a big time player, right? And uh, Nuge, Nuge was just classic, man. I mean, there's not like Nuge. Yeah. Uh, and and all time uh, name for a running back at our school, Pepe Pearson. Pepe so. Pearson, sure. Beanie Wells. <laughs> Beanie was yeah, Beanie. Beanie was a great name, and then, you know, it's uh, I did have, still on my list, but I didn't think he was going to make it. Was Terrell Pryor, because what he did his first two years before all the crap with Tattoo Gate and all that went down was amazing. He was an amazing yeah. football player, but uh, just didn't bad fall decision, bad, bad decision. decision maker though bad decisions yeah that was the problem he never matured i just those 18 year olds making bad decisions shouldn't be too surprising i think we should celebrate just, just more of the guys that make good decisions but uh 
So that was a great list. I'll be interested. I'll put those up on the Facebook group. So uh, facebook.com slash two guys being dudes. Go check it out. Give us your picks. I think we have quite a few Buckeye fans that listen in. I'd be interested to see other people's top five. And I know it'll probably vary by age. Um, and so everybody's going to have different picks. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. I had one more name on the list and I wanted to pick it so bad. Uh I don't know. I don't know. This is probably because I, I want to make fun of anybody else on here, but Steve Bellasari was the worst Ohio State football player <laughs> of all time. And I really wanted to drop Steve Bellasari in the draft. The fa- I always thought the funniest thing is when you got a DUI, you could make the joke why, how they know that he was drinking. It was because he was slurring his speech. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. wow. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh... It's interesting as football season's about to get here, right? So we're ending down with baseball season. Football's about to be in the forefront of everything. The NFL will absolutely take over. College football will be going crazy. Uh, starting in a couple weeks, we'll be inundated with football left and right, left and right. So I think um, it's only fitting that we did this top five and that we spend a little time talking about the 2017 Ohio State Buckeyes and what they're going to be putting on the field this year. Now, I'm going to qualify this. I am not the most in-depth researcher. I don't spend a ton of time uh, looking through every individual stat. I'm, I think, more of an average fan that really enjoys watching the Buckeyes play, while Jared is going to know every detail, minute detail of this. So bear with us as we go through this process. You're just getting two guys being dudes uh, kind of overview of what we see the Buckeyes looking like. And I think Jared summed it up right now, national championship. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's, it's. I mean, Alabama, we beat them in the Sugar Bowl a few years ago. What are you talking about? Um, well, I know, well, we know where we have to start here. Um, our Lord and Savior, Urban Meyer, uh, 52 years old, 61 and 6 at our university. Um, purposely Not good enough. Got, Not good enough. Purposely made sure he got shut out against Clemson so he could get rid of its offensive coordinator, so he could get a new offensive coordinator. Our new offensive coordinator is probably the most important thing at our university right now. Um, Kevin Wilson is uh, just a mastermind of offense. What we've run the last two years, that's in the trash can. We are getting in the hyperloop. This team is going to go, go, go. JT Barrett has seen everything in his career. Is he the most accurate dude? No. But JT Barrett knows when to go. Um, We've got – I I mean, our running back (sighs) – I think we're loaded. Like, am I crazy here, Jason? Like, when you looked over the list of players we have, it's like we have so many options. It's like the Curtis Samuel role could be played by three guys now. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because here's we have, whereas last year we had only one returning starter on the offensive line. This year we have four. I think we're still trying to figure out that guard position is going to be. Our best receiver returning is a tight end, who which we never throw to. Uh, so last year, I think he had like 270 yards catching Marcus ball. Whoa. Uh, hey, first off, that's just a decoy. That's urban Myers decoy. Absolutely. Boy, so don't, don't worry. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so what it's all going to come down to is going to be to me. I think JT Barrett is going to be JT Barrett. He's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the nation. His accuracy is going to be around 60%. Like he always is. And he's going to rush for a lot of yards. Now they've said, I don't know how much of this is talk that JT's legs are going to be the last option. 
which I kind of doubt, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Because if you look at uh, Kevin Wilson's prototypical offense, there's a lot of movement of the quarterback. Uh, and so uh, if you remember what Indiana did to us two years in a row, their quarterback ran all over the field, uh, very spread offense. And so I th- expect to see that. I just hope that we're not putting JT out in a position so he gets injured. Because we do have, while we do have a, a great amount of young guys that back JT up, uh, JT's kind of the the rock that's going to be the foundation that this house is built on, if you ask me. Yeah. So receiver's going to be tough, right? Because you have uh, sophomore, what's his name? Benjamin Victor. Uh, spell it. Tell them how they spell Benjamin. B-I-N-J-I-M-E-N. Right? I mean, that's... That's balling, so he's gonna be good. That's yeah. a great name. Yeah. That's gonna stick out, so he's automatically he's six good. four and weighs two hundred pounds. So he's got great hands. And then is that Terry McLaurin? He's a junior. He's six one. Um, you know, so these guys didn't have a lot of catches in between them last year. But it seems from everything I've heard so far and the reports that they're looking great and sharp, and the offense is really suiting to their skills. But to me, it's all about that offensive line. You know, we lose Pat Elfline. Uh, he's gone. And then so that gives us four guys returning. Um, that's if we can buy time in the pocket because Kevin Wilson's teams need time to let that quarterback spread out and get this offense moving. If we can do that, uh, you know, and I have a, a very unconventional bet with my cousin, uh, former Indiana Hoosier graduate, who is very confident how well Indiana's played against the Buckeyes over the past few years, he didn't realize that their head coach was fired and that he's now the offensive coach for Ohio State. And I said, I would not be surprised. My bet is that Ohio State hangs 50 on Indiana. Whoa, we're going to pick the game at the end here. What are you doing? I'm just saying we're hanging 50. I didn't say what the final score is going to be. An interesting move there. I see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, well, actually, uh, I got up early on Wednesday and actually went to practice. Uh, I had my pass for two guys being dudes and got nice. up on up and close to the team. Good. Uh, I got to say, I was really liking what I was seeing from Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, they were running a lot of stuff with him at the halfback. Uh, he was just getting upfield quick. Um, JT looked real accurate getting the ball to him. That was nice. Uh, KJ Hill looked great. Nice. Um, I believe he's a senior. KJ Hill, yeah. Senior. <laughs> Could be a sophomore. I don't really know that kind of stuff. Um, he's been injured his whole career at Ohio State, but he was looking good coming in and out of cuts. Um, Johnny Dixon came out late in practice, and I actually had to leave early from the practice, go to my normal job. But from all reports I saw, Johnny Dixon was looking good too. So we got three guys that could play that kind of that Curtis Samuel position. You could have two guys on the field at the same time in the slot with a running back still like Mike Weber in the back. That spreads the, That can spread it out a lot. Yeah, Paris Campbell can be that H-back, right? So I think he's that he is your Curtis Samuel slash replacement, H-back slash wide receiver kind of guy. Well, and I, and do I we want to go ahead? Do we want to christen him? Do no, we not yet. Christen him right not now? Yet. Not yet. I think it's too okay. early. I think you have to give okay. it a game or two. Because, you know, okay. the, the one guy we're not talking about who I think is probably uh, is Michigan born and bred, but had came to the Buckeyes last year and had, I think, a thousand, almost, uh, what do you have, a thousand, maybe almost 1,100 yards last year, Mike Weber. Uh, I think our running game is going to be solid and I'm hoping most of the runnings on his feet uh, or maybe even JK Dobbins might be uh, a pretty decent running back for us this year. So I think we've got a, a decent amount of, of power there. Uh, so I feel 
this is going to be hopefully with with uh, the new scheme put in by Wilson that this will be the most aggressive offense we've had in the last 10 years. Um, That's the key. I think the offense, the way it's going to run. Now, on Thursday afternoon, I got back to practice. Um, Mike Weber actually came off the field, and they brought in Demario McCall. He fumbled the ball three times in practice while I was there. I don't know if he even did. Like, once again, I left early because I had stuff to do. But, I mean, that's pretty remarkable that he's fumbled the ball three times. Do you think it was your celebrity that maybe he was kind of worried? I know there were probably scouts there too, but Jared just, Camden I in feel the like, house. I feel like we're going to see a lot of fumbling from this guy. I hope that's not. That's just me. I hope not. I tell you, Ohio State uh, was one of the better teams in the nation on uh, – offensive-defensive turnover ratio. So I, hopefully we can keep that up next year or this year, uh, but we'll just have to see. And I think it really – Ohio State, while our offenses have been really good over the past few years, the last couple of years they've sputtered a little, but our defense has always been outstanding. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this year's defense. Hopefully, to me, should be the best defense in the Big Ten uh, and questionably could be the very best defense in the nation. The way Trump thinks his wall would look is what our front seven looks like. Yeah. Like in his mind when he's like, I'm going to build this wall and no one's going to be able to get through it. That's Ohio State's football team. Like we are so – like we're better than Alabama in the front seven. Like I, I, I think with what we have, we match up better against Alabama. That is crazy. Right. And we know we're young in the secondary – uh, but I really think the front seven is just going to dictate everything that happens, and teams are not going to be close to us. We're going to be running the score up. Yeah, this I think offense it, is going to—it's going to be a convertible going down the road, and they ain't going to be convertibles on defense in the Big Ten. When our Greg Schiano, our defensive coach, who, if you recall, was the head coach at Rutgers and was the head coach at Tampa Bay, when he says this is the best defensive line he's ever coached and he's including his time when he was at Miami and Tampa in that statement, that's pretty bold. And I don't think that's just talk to try to be intimidating. I think that's what he truly believes because he talks about the individuals. If you look down the line, look at Nick Bosa, uh, who may be one of, if not the top defensive end in the country. Um, You look at uh, Taekwon Lewis, Sam Hubbard, both first-round draft picks in the NFL coming up. Uh, Dante Booker uh, and Jerome Baker. Oh my God. I just, I, I can't imagine a better solid defense at Ohio state than I, I probably have to go back to maybe the 2014 championship team was amazing. The 2002 championship team was amazing, but this, this on paper, if they can perform like what it looks like, this should be the best defensive squad I've seen at Ohio state. The big hit is the secondary is so young. Yeah. But it's, it's like at Ohio State, I mean, they are going against the best of the best in their like, freshman year. Right. Like These guys have gone against the best every single day as hard as they can. So that's why I really don't see much of a fallback. Uh, I'm glad you said something about Dante Booker, who, by the way, missed all of last season. Right. I actually got to practice at 3 a.m. on Friday before work and got to talk to him directly, and he said he's good to go. So the that's hard hitting information there, too to this is unbelievable. I, I did. I spent about 25 minutes online, but I didn't realize you were going to practices getting up early. Uh, were you doing lifting sessions with the guys? 
I was taking a look, but I made actually made some phone calls to the dorms, but I wasn't getting an answer back. So I tried to get some interviews and, you know, doing what I can for the podcast, you know. Did you see Mike Weber do 25 reps at 235? No, I couldn't be there at that moment. No. I believe it happened. If you looked at some of the 40-yard the dash times, uh, some of the 10-yard dash times, unbelievable. These guys are – we all know Ohio State recruits – as good, if not the best in the country. I mean, Alabama arguably and Ohio state are the top two recruiters in the country right now. If you look at these athletes, the stable of talent is phenomenal. Um, and so, you know, we have very high expectations at Ohio state and this is going to be tough because this year's lots of expectations, lots of returning players and a schedule that I think favors us better than, years past. I mean, we do have a few tough games, but some of our toughest games that we have are at home this year. Uh, and if you want to kind of just go down the schedule and look very interesting, starting a big 10 conference game on a Thursday night, uh, at Indiana or also known as horseshoe West. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I really think this is going to be, uh, do we want to talk about the game and get into this one right now or, Sure, sure. All right, here's my breakdown to Indiana. I don't give a shit. Don't know who they have. I ain't worried about it. When the lights come on, Ohio State balls out. Um, I mean, Kevin Wilson's coming into the old the old stomping grounds, and he wants to run it up on them. There's no way he's going to take it easy. He's going to be like, hey, let's see how what this – this is a recruiting tool when you play on a Thursday night like this, prime time against a team where people can be like, hey, Indiana's not too bad. We need to blow the doors off. Right now, the line is 20 and a half, Jason. Right. Um, just let everybody know, when I get to Vegas, I will be playing that number. Um, I've got it at 51 to 20. 51 to 20. That's a great call. Great call. So, I, Indiana's got a couple guys coming back, but not much. Uh, what they do have a threat is they have a really good senior running back that's coming back. He was redshirted, so this is actually his fifth year. was really good early on. That, to me, tends to believe that there might be a little more ball control. Uh, new coach may have some very high expectations, but may also be rather reasonable in what those expectations might be. So he's got a tight end. That's pretty decent. Ian Thomas is a, is a good, decent tight end. Uh, Cameron Redick or Cameron Patrick, I believe is uh, the running back. So good guys. Uh, I think they will not try to play tempo against us. If they do, that will be ridiculous. I think they'll try to slow the ball down, move it slow and try to sit on the clock just so that the beatdown isn't as big as they hope. Unfortunately, they're going to be playing the most talented athletic team they're going to play all season on the very first game. And that's so tough because talent prevails in those situations. Teams learn and get better because they start to play more like a team. But I see this as a beatdown. And I also think Kevin Wilson was not happy the way he was let go. And yeah. I think Urban Meyer has shown loyalty to coaches before to let them just destroy bad scenarios. So my pick in this game is 63-6. to six. Whoa! So you're going to be betting this game in Vegas too then? I my am going to be betting this game hard in Vegas. Whoa! A little breaking news on the podcast there. I did not expect that. I, I really thought you were going to roll, ba roll back there. but No. I, I feel 63. this is 63-6. to six. Two field goals. Wow. Uh, I was going to go for the shutout, but 
I think in their attempt to take down and the only thing that worries me a little is that we might have a couple turnovers deep in our area and then they don't move the ball in the defense. They just happen to kick field goals. So that's the way I look that's at the, it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then really after that warm up game comes what may very well be on the schedule, the toughest game that we host. Uh, and the hype behind Oklahoma is amazing right now. Uh, and I think after given what we did to them last year in their stadium, they're going to come in fired up. What are your thoughts? I don't, I don't like us playing Indiana before we play Oklahoma. Um, these big time night games at our stadium, you think back to Texas, you think back to USC, there's a certain ones that like stand out and you're like, Oh, these don't work out usually for us. Um, once again, I think the difference will be our offense is going to be clicking early. That's just my prediction. Um, I don't ha- I don't worry about that one as much as the stumbling blocks. That is the big 10. I feel like where Ohio state is more susceptible to a loss is where teams have seen them before and know what they're doing. That is one thing you can say about Kevin Wilson is they've seen these offenses, but no one's ever been able to stop his offenses. Um, so looking at the like the schedule going past the UNLV game, which I think we might hang 100, um, the stumbling blocks are always Penn State and Michigan State for me when I look at them. Uh, the week before we play Penn State, they play Michigan, which I'm not somebody who says the team up north or anything. I'll just say Michigan because I respect their school. So Penn State will be beat up. And then before we play Michigan State, Michigan State plays Penn State, which will be a tough game as well. But we got Michigan State at home, so I feel good about that. Well, I am petrified. I am petrified about the, the game up there this year against Michigan. I, I will say that. I, I tell you, I think you're the, overlooking one. <laughs> uh, Iowa, at Iowa. No, Haven't no. played there in years. I'm I telling don't care. You, it's, we play Penn State. We have a down week at Iowa, and then – a game at Michigan or a game uh, Michigan State at home. I, I, I think you need to add. I'd be a little cautious in that game. I don't think we're going to lose it, but I tell you right now, that game worries me quite a bit. I'm laying the line right now against you. Oh, whatever the number is, I'll lay it. You okay. got that? Yeah, that's good. Cool. I'll take that. Okay. So we'll, the, we'll blow. We'll, we, at night, we will crush them at their stadium. So give me some idea, and I, I'm not going to do exact right now, but on this uh, Oklahoma game, what are you feeling? Uh, we, I think we're favored by like nine and a half, seven and a half, something like that. I think we cruise, man. I think we cruise right by him. I don't think Oklahoma's coach is ready to come into the shoe. And he's the youngest coach in the nation, right? It's like something crazy. Yeah. The yeah. guy that's yeah, like I don't think they're ready for what, what we've got cooking in our stadium. Like we're ready to show everybody that Clemson game. We were doing that on purpose so we could get a new offensive coordinator. <laughs> Conspiracy, Jared. Always will believe that Urban Meyer was like, we're well, unplugging it in the second half. We're not trying to score. So I can get rid of this goofball. What an idiot. Is it just me? But do you remember Baker Mayfield getting arrested for a DUI and then like running away from the cop after he swung at him? And, <laughs> he fell into the bricks. <laughs> yeah. And I thought for sure there would be su- a suspension for that game, but apparently not. Apparently in Oklahoma, if you get a DUI and you swing at a cop and then you run away, that's worthy of community service, but no time off. So I was kind of surprised that they didn't announce that he was going to be unavailable. And I guarantee you, if they were playing Army or, you know, the Sisters of the Blind in the first game, Baker Mayfield would have been suspended. But since they're not, they're playing us. Guess who's going to be starting under the position of center? So 
Uh, Very top Heisman hopeful. So for me, all I really want to do is crush any dreams he has of being a Heisman hopeful. Because if he comes through, even if they lose by a few, they're going to be like, oh, I was against the greatest team in the name. But if we go through and have like 11 interceptions against him and score a bunch and then beat him up, I think that might end his Heisman quest right there. And I like doing that to people. Yeah, that dude's not even, yeah, he's got no chance. I've got one big prediction this year, though, dead serious. We're not going to win against Michigan this year. This is the year it happens. You think so? This is it. Yeah, I, I, I strongly believe that we're finally going to hit our demise there. There's no way Harbaugh's going to let his go 0-3 against Ohio State. This is the year. Interesting. So in a 12-game a season, get this on now, your preseason picks for overall record and what happens at the end of the season. 11-1, don't make the playoff. Win the Big Ten? No. Because we we Michigan is with us and Michigan beats us and they have the. So you think Michigan goes undefeated till they reach us and then beats us, or even they if have they had one, one loss, loss, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So I, yeah. So that's that's what. And then we just go to like some I don't know January first bowl game and beat the hell out of like Oklahoma State. Okay. Well, those are Jared's picks. Mine are a little different. I, I've been known to be an optimist. Uh, I saw my Cubs win the World Series last year. So things. Hey, 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 hey. So I was a fan for years. I was a fan (laughs) of the Cubs for years too. All right. I I think you have to drop the S and then I think you got it about right. But that's not true. It was two years. It was two years. Two years. But I'm a little more optimistic about this after doing my tons of research and traveling around to the various big 10 schools and attending their practices. Since you got the Ohio state pass, I had to go everywhere else, which is kind of time consuming. But since that's been done, I feel pretty good. But like you, I have us going 11 and one and making the playoffs. Oh, you really think we're losing to Iowa? I didn't say we we're going to lose to Iowa. <laughs> what the, I swear that's who you're going to say what you're going to say. <laughs> so who we lose to? I didn't say we were going to lose to Iowa yet. <laughs> but if you ask me, I'm worried about Iowa. I think we drop to Iowa and then I think we win the next three <laughs> and I think we make the playoffs. You're, I don't understand this Iowa thing at all. What are you talking about? I just have this feeling. I just, the way the schedule looks, what they're bringing back, they're going to be so fired up. It's going to be another night game. It's after Penn State. It's before Michigan State. It's just that trap game. And Iowa is going to be slowing the game down. We're not going to see the pace I like. And this is just, you know, so early, so preseason, but that's just what I see right now. You know, let's go three games and I'll, you know, update my call. But in the same breath, I think we're going to annihilate Michigan again. So I'm hoping that we're both wrong and we go 12 and 0 and end up having a nice little dance together at the, uh, I don't even know where the college football playoff uh, national championship game is this year. Do you? No, I have no idea. They finally got the, oh, is it Atlanta's new Mercedes football stadium? Oh, is it? Oh, nice. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah. Well, they can't get the roof to open and. What? A, yeah, they're a complete mess there. But uh, yeah, I wish I could think better. But I just I don't. The Michigan thing just it, this pendulum always finds a way to swing. Do I think Michigan's better than us? No, but something that ball has bounced our way a lot against Michigan, and it just seems like it's it's time for that ball to bounce the other way. And I hate to say that, but you know I'll be in attendance. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. I haven't had a bad time up there. So. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed the two guys being dudes Ohio State preview. Hold on. One thing I do want to address. Uh, me and Kyle Coleman, a lot of you know, uh, we every year we call one player the owl. Um, this started with Jalen Marshall, P- alleged PED user Jalen Marshall in the pros now. Uh, Curtis Samuel carried the torch. Um, so this year, our early guy we're taking a look at is Paris Campbell. Wee oui, wee, oui, bonjour, is what we're going to yell when he scores touchdowns. But so anytime this season, if Paris Campbell gets the ball, you got to go, hoo, hoo, no matter where you're at. Um, so do that for the podcast, guys. That'd be great. And I tell you, you've picked Al's early in the season and they time and time again have had a major effect at the end of the season. So I think uh, yours and Kyle's picks are solid and I look forward to seeing if Paris Dixon pans out better than your picks for the season. Paris Campbell, but it's Paris with two R's by the way, Paris. That's right. You got it. All right. Pump returner too, by the way, pump returner. So that's electric. That always helps. That helps get excitement. So, just to run down what we're going to we've got this episode finishing up next episode will be parts will be live on Facebook live. So if you're following the uh, two guys being dudes, Facebook page, keep your eyes open. Cause we'll be coming live from you and Vegas from some various different places. Uh, and we'll be recording the podcast Sunday morning live. Uh, lots of special guests on and having some good times. So uh, if there's anything that you want to know, anything you need to, uh, Ask us, please feel free to reach out to us on the Facebook page at Two Guys Being Dudes. And we look forward to talking to you guys all next week. Jared, got anything else? The next time you hear my voice, I will have dip in my mouth. Good night. us on Twitter at Two Guys Being Dudes, at JBCam, III, and at JFrost. Follow on Instagram at Two Guys Being Dudes. Visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Two Guys Being Dudes. And on the web at www.twoguysbeingdudes.com.